Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me here today. And thank you, Mackenzie, for taking this, those like thousand miles over to Washington to Seattle, because that's where my story starts as well, actually. Um, and I'm actually going to start this session with some words that I wrote 17 years ago, or rather some words that five-year-old Ramona wrote down or verbalized and my mother wrote down for me. Um, but I wrote a poem called I Wish. When I was riding my bike by the Duwamish River, I saw a person throwing trash into our river. Now I have a little prayer. Oh, Duwamish, now that I know you are polluted, I wish you the best, that you won't be polluted anymore. You are my life. I love you, Duwamish River. For context, the Duwamish River refers to the lower 12 miles of Washington State's Green River. It's the only river in Seattle, the ancestral homeland of the Duwamish people, and an ecosystem subjected to such intensive contamination that it now qualifies as a Superfund site. If you don't know what that means, it essentially tells you that it's one of the nation's most toxic areas. It was also my childhood playground. Biking around and scavenging along the bank for blackberries make up some of my fondest memories. But I was always taught to not actually go into the water or to play in the sandy shores. The first time I questioned this was the first time that I took climate action. My mother explained to me in simple terms that the Duwamish River was polluted, and I actually started crying. It was as though a close friend of mine was diagnosed with a serious illness. It was an overwhelming feeling, one that felt nearly suffocating if I weren't to do anything about it. So I wrote the poem I just read aloud. The next morning at school, I actually recited that poem over the intercom to my whole elementary school. Um, looking back on those moments, they're fuzzy in the way that old memories always are, especially those coming from an age when you're just really starting to develop a consciousness. But I remember in vivid detail what it was like returning to my kindergarten classroom after reciting that poem. My actions had inspired others, and it wasn't a moment I was going to forget. Around the same age, I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. My anxiety was never that extreme, but I'd have irrational fears ranging from the death of my pet fish all the way to like a plane crashing into our house. This would occasionally lead to sleepless nights, so my parents would give me this tape that I could listen to as I was falling asleep to help me like soothe me. Um, a part of this tape that stuck with me was the notion of taking a moment to recognize those feelings of worry, but then letting them sweep over you like a river going out to sea. And as I laid in bed, I would always imagine the Duwamish. Anxiety followed me for the rest of my life, as did my commitment to environmental conservation. Oftentimes, these aspects intersected. I remember reading a National Geographic magazine at the library and learning that the Arctic had already increased one degree Celsius. I didn't really understand what this meant, but I knew it had to be bad. As my understanding of the climate crisis slowly evolved, it became a major stressor of my life. I was bombarded with headlines about melting ice caps and disappearing biodiversity. I learned how climate change is affecting human health and what it means for generations to come. I watched with horror as no action was taken, regardless of the testimonies of countless scientists. The more knowledge I consumed, the more that suffocating feeling returned. So I turned back to the river. My final year of high school, we were required to do a senior project. I decided to spread light on the notion of environmental justice in Seattle. I gave a presentation to my school on the history of my neighborhood, the Duwamish Valley. This began with colonialization and rechanneling of the river, as well as industrialization. What we have now is a region composed primarily of low-income Latinx residents. They have a disproportionate rate of asthma and heart disease, and their lifespan is seven years shorter than the average Seattle citizen. 
Environmental injustice is one of those phenomenon especially protected by privilege. While I grew up in that very same neighborhood, I never had a question if my lifespan would actually be shortened due to access to health care provided by my family's middle class economic standing and then also validated by my white skin. Though I grew up on those same banks of the Duwamish River, I had no idea this form of oppression was occurring until I began this research. And neither was true for my white peers. Standing on that podium in front of the school giving this presentation is another memory that is crystal clear. My heart was racing from the crowd, but it was adrenaline pumping through my veins, not anxiety. A couple months later, I began college here at the University of San Diego. As someone pursuing a major in environmental sciences, I was immediately placed in classes educating me further on the climate crisis. And I'll give it to USD's professors, there's no bullshit in these classes. They tell it as it is, which is something that I really value, but can also be terrifying at times. With this curriculum came a whole new component of my life dedicated to environmental conservation, as well as a whole new opportunity for climate anxiety to manifest. On campus, there were events for me to attend that made my voice feel heard. We were young and scared, but we were also a generation standing together to make a change. When we got sent back home for COVID, that's when the feeling of panic really returned. Again, the river saved me. That summer, I connected with a local organization called the Duwamish River Cleanup Coalition. This indigenous-led cohort is dedicated to river restoration and engagement, especially among the youth. During my internship, I created a curriculum for their educators to use that explores the history of environmental injustice in the Duwamish Valley and could be taught to the local kids. In the middle of a truly chaotic time, it was this action that brought me peace. A month from now, I will actually be graduating here from USD, which is a major source of anxiety in itself. Um, my future is unclear, as is the future of our planet. Global temperatures are still trending upward, sea levels are rising, and we are in the midst of a mass extinction. This turbulence is frightening, but also something I've learned to cope with. I think back to the river, to the idea of letting the worry wash over me. And while I do appreciate this metaphor, I know it is not enough on its own. My river is damaged in blocks. It needs erosion of the banks to reinstate its flow. It needs movement. It needs change. This change comes in the form of climate action that I will continue to take with members of my generation. It comes in the form of making our voices heard, of advocating for a planet that is being silenced. There are twists and turns in front of us, but I know that together we will make it out to sea.